in the last two episodes we looked at the myth factor of the truth how we kind of assume that what appears to be real is a lot of times mythical and then we were questioning what is real and and what is mythical in that context an extension to that podcast today we will look at the five truths or the fifth truth in particular and for that let's start the conversation prasanna welcome to 13 13 is a podcast about being and creating in this podcast we acknowledge the mundane and celebrate the everyday here we interact read and share experiences with an intent to be and to create your host for today are prasanna and myself shantesh let's get started so prasanna to understand this the idea of five truths over the weekend i was working out what it means to be then truth or why do we see this world as it, it is it is perceived almost as a real thing and there are several facets to it which then therefore show that this is also in a way mythical and we are kind of in a web so i was looking at there are different types of truths in which we believe so i wanted to highlight before we go to that fifth one the first four categories which are connected to the world we live in and they appear real to us so if we look at these four truths as part of four quadrants and along one axis if i have two categories which is objective truth and subjective truth and along the other axis i have another two categories which is experiential truth and perceived truth then in each of the quadrant where objective truth and experiential truth is i can have several examples for example the glass of water that i'm drinking gravity river sunrise these are objective truths and as well as experiential objective meaning it occurs to me exactly the same way as it occurs to others around me so i see a glass of water so does the other person i experience gravity in a certain manner so does the other people around me i experience the river the sunrise so do the other people so whether it is tangible or intangible or materialistic or immaterialistic rather we experience that in the second quadrant objective truth but perceived so objective is it still exists objectively to everybody equally but it is perceived it cannot be seen it cannot be visualized in that i mean it's it's not seen in any circumstances for example atoms black holes time dilation magnetic poles these are some of the examples now atoms by looking at the property of any element or breaking it further to a certain extent you understand the existence of atoms you can never see that uh, so it goes with black hole that it is a concentration of gravity where everything is absorbed and you can only see it or perceive it but seeing is perceiving in that context but it is not visually seen same goes with time dilation or magnetic poles the second category is subjective truth now in subjective truth but experiential there are some examples such as religion nationality culture organization religion 
is an experience in itself. Same, same goes with nationality. My team won. Uh, I, we won. I say, although I do not have anything to contribute with the, that sport, I say we won. But it is subjective. When I win, somebody else also has a feeling of loss. It is not for all. Unlike a glass of water, which in everybody's experience appears like that, it is not so. So this experiential truth, but subjective truth. The fourth category is perceived truth and subjective truth. So my feelings, emotions, a sense of identity that I have or belongingness. All these four examples suggest purely what I perceive about myself to my individual sort of subjectivity. Uh, and, and in a similar situation, what I feel, you may not feel that way. You may have a completely different experience. Your sense of identity versus my sense of identity is totally different. So these are just the four sort of primary facets. And therefore, I feel that between the objective and subjective truth and experiential and perceived truth and all the permutation and combinations of these, we kind of experience the world in a certain manner and we tend to believe it to be real. So I wanted to kind of elaborate that part first before we move to the fifth category. Yeah, so Shantish, first quadrant and second quadrant which you spoke about, uh, I think there uh, it can be a little blur connection there because uh, something becomes real to us only because we can name it and we can see it. I think in one of our podcasts last week or before, we did that hand exercise. So I can see it because only I have a name for it. So I think everything that way, uh, even though if you may think that a glass of water is a glass of water for every organism or every living thing might not be the case. Even case in case of human beings who might have not seen that, just for an example, who has not seen a glass of water or who might relate to it in a different way because of their experience or anything, or they might have a story behind it. So my point is the same thing can be observed and observed i'm seeing not only experienced but observed in a different way and so that is that is true actually it was a simplification of an example uh, and and a glass of water could be said in a hundred different ways uh, in a hundred different languages but what you see as an object the light falling upon it and the light reflecting is exactly the same at least in the human race or as we kind of see the object and we perceive that into ourselves is exactly the same. Now, what we make a meaning is another domain because that's the perceived truth we are talking about. So then it blurs into many other facets as well. But regardless of anything, all that we perceive and all that we kind of see around falls in one of these four categories is, is my sort of point. Mm, possible. It's, I think, but honestly speaking, all... See, the truth can be um, put in any of the four boxes. That I fully agree with you. But my only point is there is a blur line in all the four. So one can move mm. from one to other in a very easy way. That's right. That's right. Yeah. But, but do you see that for a daily living, becoming aware of these four quadrants could help us? I think more importantly, uh, what is required here, of course, these four will help us in understanding the things better, no doubt about it. But more importantly, I also think that it is important to understand that there is 
truth at every moment which can be a different time dimension to it or you can say situational aspect to it that every moment also has its own truth and that truth is more important for us in our day to day living of course these four will help us in reaching there right and and the fifth truth that i was talking about is exactly about this that if we experience the moment as is just this moment not that one this not that this this one this this moment as we experience is just fleeting but if you just try to be with this moment and only this one without a reference to the past or getting influenced by your past memories or without a reference to the future or by anticipating the future when we are within this moment itself to me that becomes the fifth truth in a way i feel that because of all these four other truths the way we perceive our world help us to find this fifth truth and therefore at some level this fifth truth is existing because of all the other four categories and is connected to them and at another level at the same time it is devoid of all of them it does not require those other four categories and can be completely disconnected from them so that was the kind of perception and in one of the first podcast of this series the mythical truth i think we covered that the idea of a moment is not a fraction of a time but a holder in which the entire eternity of time exists and we keep on living in the moment therefore we looked at that grammatically although incorrect we keep translating from eastern civilizations particularly living in the moment rather than living at the moment or of the moment and so this is something which i wanted to also touch upon this fifth truth what you brought up is very interesting yeah so i think when it comes to what you mentioned as the fifth truth uh, i i would say that it is important to realize it understand it uh, but at the same time uh, how in a day to day life it helps is more important there because that is the thing which can be your guiding uh, north you can say to take various decisions actions and of course uh, sometimes just realization of it can be a big difference and uh, when we look at the moment for that matter i think it's also important to what kind of questions we are having at that moment because um, many a times uh, the aim is to reach a particular experiential thing when we talk about truth realization reality or any of the uh, list of enlightenment kind of things the emphasis or people who have spoken about it have also spoken about it from an experience kind of hmm. way so how blissful it is or how thoughtless it is kind of a thing so honestly it is very difficult to capture that is what i would say that that is exactly the point because we try to then define that fifth truth taking help of the first four truths and therefore everybody's explanation about that truth becomes different for somebody who is like j krishnamurti for example will try to define it from the two quadrants of objective truth 
whereas somebody who is maybe say a mystic may try to define it from the quadrants of subjective truths and therefore it becomes kind of difficult to comprehend but it is somewhere also disconnected from all the four truths that that we perceive while it is very much rooted or the four truths are rooted in this at some level now you brought a very interesting question that we have to realize how is it helpful to us in day to day living now in an existential context this question becomes important because we exist and i think just for taking the example of the subjective truth quadrant whereas in experience we have religion for example now there is like you all know harari in his second book i think homo deus says intersub talks about intersubjectivity where he says even in subjective reality because as community millions of people come together under single ideology of nationality or religion or belonging to a certain sect or language we identify ourselves with that and we say that i am a dash and therefore we have an agreement and that intersubjectivity allows us to transact on day to day level but then somebody suddenly comes in that conversation with a completely different point of view and that time we are unable to accept that and i think just becoming aware of the fifth truth does two things one is it allows us to look at a possibility of a different understanding there could be a different facet the other is that all of this has no meaning because if you are just in this moment not that this this one this you do not have any reference to the past neither you have a reference to the future and then any of that that is happening around has no meaning because they fall under a created conversation of either objective or subjective truth or either at an experiential level or perceived level it is appearing to be a truth and i think that is where this fifth truth or becoming aware of this fifth truth allows us to be a part of the world and at the same time make us capable to detach to see the world from a distance yeah and i think that's exactly the point so uh, uh, when we are detached uh, it is not possible for us to capture that moment like for example people talk about thoughtless state uh, that very moment you think that you are thoughtless that itself is a thought so uh, it is impossible to be in that state and acknowledge that because if you are there then how are you knowing about it and mm. that knowing itself is a thought so mm. or if you no or you if you describe that as a blissful state yes. then it's a subjective and an experiential truth absolutely or perceived so rather yeah correct hmm hmm so that way these four boxes or four quadrants as you mentioned in a way helps us to understand that where does it come from in a way the origin or where it falls rather out of the four boxes right and i think it is therefore necessary to just realize that all that we see and perceive and say and act upon falls in either of these four quadrants 
I'll be putting these four quadrants on the album art of our podcast, so it becomes easy for reference. But the moment we kind of create this narrative and we start believing in it, it it appears so real that we are overruling everything that is not falling in alignment with what we believe the reality is. And I think just becoming aware of these four quadrants will allow us to get a glimpse into the fifth truth. Absolutely. So uh, that again comes to that elimination thing. So you, one can be, one can easily eliminate the things which are not uh, the fifth truth by looking at this reference of four boxes. I would say. Or rather, inclusion yeah. by including everything also. Yes, absolutely. That is the paradox. That you see it by eliminating everything or you see it by including everything. That's something which is for an individual to explore and for each to then sit, contemplate and ponder upon and try their fifth truth and find that out for themselves. With that, we complete our today's conversation and the series of these three episodes on truth or finding truth in this podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening. For more such podcasts and daily writings, subscribe us on creating13.com. That is creating13.com. We request you to share this podcast with your friends and family and anyone who may be interested in such topics. Your sharing will only help us to reach out to people and to serve our cause. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We've put the links in the description. You can also listen to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform now. We hope that you've enjoyed this episode and we wish to have you with us again next week for listening a new episode. Until then, take care.